Hey guys, it's Eric. Gotta find a way to stop these guys before my wife gets tennis elbow. Hey guys, it's Joe. He slung us on the river. The guy's a real Arnold Benedict. Drop that remote, get off that couch, and listen up. This summer, <laughs> the invasion begins. Incoming! Are you gonna let yourself get beat by a bunch of stupid toys? On July 10th, his battery has died. <laughs> But his memory keeps going and going and going. Get ready for something big. Small soldier. It's the bomb. This film is not yet rated. Starts Friday, July 10th. You're listening to Worth a Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? I've been better, Eric. I've been better. As yeah? I was talking about earlier i have here my hard drive that is no longer functioning yeah so, this is our first technical issue and i feel like we really made it now i think this is like what yeah what well, this is like the deciding point of you know gotta earn your stripes yeah that's right so that's why uh by the time you guys hear this we'll have two episodes probably out pretty quickly because they'll be working together probably so I didn't. I didn't want to bother you about it, but I was. I kind of forgot, and then I was like, "Has he put up the last one yet?" And then I looked, and I was because I was like, maybe I just didn't refresh my my feed, which is kind of impossible because all I do is listen to podcasts, and I refresh my podcast feed like every two seconds. But yeah, that makes sense. that something was going on. So, so that will be. He'll be uh, fixed. Hopefully, we'll have up both episodes up. This one and the Dan Jones by the end of the week. Nice. Um, but on a more positive note. We always talk about what we've watched and what we, you know, what we're enjoying. Yep. I just watched uh, the Apple TV exclusive "Trying," and it is one of the my favorite things I've seen in a long while. I've so never heard of that. It's against Apple TV, so it's like it's not the most wide audience yet for their streaming network for the streaming system. But um, the source is pretty good. They actually have a lot of exclusives that are decent. But it's basically about a couple who are trying to have a baby but she can't so then they go into the process of adopting but it might be the most lighthearted, and charming show i've seen in a long while it's only Who's... eight episodes it's uh, a lot of no-name actors it's okay. esther smith and oh i forgot his name rafe something i believe i could be wrong about that but rafe lafrance former boston celtics player <laughs> unfortunately not <laughs> no that that would have brought it over the top for if you, if you want to watch a nice, lighthearted show at some point. Actually, do you guys have, do you or Avery have an iPhone? No, uh, she has one for work, but that's it. She might be able to, if you just make, if you have an account, you get a year for free. So she might oh, be really? eligible for a free year of uh, Apple. Uh, yeah, so you should look oh, into maybe. that. But, you know, it's a really good show. It's like I said, it's, I have never seen a show that is throughout, from start to finish, like a nice, positive series. There's only, there's only one little bit of drama, but I guess resolves super quickly. And like, it's awesome. I just decided that because um, I got some news about how much longer I'm going to be working from home and I'm going to be working from home until like July. So um, because of that, I have more time, not during work hours, but I have more time to, to watch TV because I'm not driving and whatever. But um, so I'm finishing up the wire, which is amazing. And then uh, I've been meaning to watch the, the how many seasons of Deadwood are there? Oh, is there three? I think there's three in the movie. Yeah, so I think I've, I've I know I've watched the first season of Deadwood, and I think I've watched like half of the second season. So however many seasons there are, I'm gonna finish Deadwood and then watch the movie after I after I still have to watch the fifth season of um, The Wire, which I know isn't the best, but really, is it is it notoriously not that great? Yeah, I mean it's. It's tough because three and four are amazing. Like I finished season three and I was like, and I remembered, I've seen the whole show before, but I remembered that season, that three and four were the best, but I couldn't remember which one was best. And at the end of season three, I was like, I don't even, I may have even said this on the podcast, but I was like, oh, you know, I remember that people always compare three and four and we'll see, but it's going to be tough to beat season three. And then I watched season four and I'm like, that was amazing. That might've been, that, that might be, be it might be better than season four and and uh, after season three, and um, so I know season five is like a letdown from those two, but right. I'm still excited to finish the series. And so one of those things where 
it's so good, but just can't live up to the hype of three and four, basically. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I think it 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 went a little. I think if I remember, and it it goes a little too like they were trying a little bit too hard. Season four is there's there's this character. I put it on 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 uh, our the podcast Instagram actually, but um, there's this character in the wire that it might be the greatest character transformation in history. He goes from being like, um, like a kind of kind of rough around the edges cop. Like he makes some mistakes, including one big one, and then he becomes after he leaves the police force, he becomes a teacher, and you go from being like that guy's the biggest jerk to like loving the guy i don't remember another tv show where i've i've gone from hating someone and and thinking he's the worst person and everything that's wrong with america and then thinking he's the greatest thing that's happened to the country yes i get to to plug the oc here (laughs) well the oc is a character named luke (laughs) who you hate in the beginning but love towards the end he's he doesn't he doesn't compare to the wire (laughs) but yeah it, it was it was the whole show it's it's just like I remembered it being amazing and it's, it's somehow better than I thought it was. And it, it's just the, the fact that it shows like so many different elements of any city, but just society in general and so many different plot lines that are all done so well. But anyway, enough about the wire today. You have something to answer for. So today, what yeah, are we we're, watching? Uh, we're watching the uh, 98 kids slash adult film small soldiers and this is uh uh i kind of wish i recorded the last bit of uh the last episode because it ends with eric looking at the runtime of this movie and (laughs) up in anger and disgust (laughs) he just walks off i really regret not recording that part of it an hour and 50 minutes joe (laughs) but But yeah again kind of like space jam though man like when this movie came out it was everywhere. So yes. it's, and it's, it's funny because it is, it has all this guy's movies, Joe Dante, all his movies have a following. This movie has a following. And it's like really cool. Like hearing people's thoughts on this, like in 2020, you know, all these years later. I'm and, honestly, spoiler alert. I, it's not my favorite. I'm interested to hear how people like still, how people enjoy this movie a lot. Eric, or even, gonna, we're going to have very different views on this movie. I think it's like yes, I think so too. <laughs> so while we're, while we're watching this movie and, and the beer that helped me get through this hour and 50 minutes, I'm drinking a uh, castle Island uh, or it's, it's white ale from castle Island brewing company. And it's, um, I've been meaning to try something from castle Island for a while. Cause even though I think castle Island brewery is actually in like, Norwood Mass, but Castle Island in Boston, me and my dad go all the time. So um, that's cool. And it has, the reason I picked it is it has a cannon on it. So it fits the movie a little bit on the bottle, on the can. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to go for some beer that fits it perfectly, but I may not like. I was like, for this one, I need a beer that I'm, I'm going to enjoy. And it was very, very good, good beer. And I bought it. I always plug this place, but craft beer cellar there's a bunch of them in massachusetts and maybe new hampshire too but i go to the one in amesbury and it's the greatest place because you can walk in and walk up to any four pack or six pack and be and just snap one off the four pack or six pack so i went in um the other day and i bought four separate like micro brew beers micro brew beers and it was like 16 dollars something like that so four dollars or less a beer it's it's the place is great so that's awesome yeah and so uh when i was so like i said this movie kind of slips under my radar but a few months ago i saw a post about this on reddit and ended up bringing it down so i wouldn't forget to watch it on my own like this is like my own free time i was gonna this wasn't planned to be an episode for the podcast but it as someone else i've seen for because i haven't seen in years but it's funny mm-hmm. because i also growing up really wanted the ps1 game that came out alongside this with like you know the backstory of the characters that aren't from this movie and I never bought it until two days ago, where I found an eBay for ten bucks. So I will give an update after that's played. Oh, I can't <laughs> so. believe you paid for this freaking movie. Well, it's the you know it's I already had the movie. Thankfully, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> so you you 
it was successful. So you want to give some of the stats on financial it success? It was successful. Eric's like, I, he's just trying to hold it all in right now. He just, he just wants to get to that, that one app. If you, if one, it has to be at least, <laughs> don't knock your head. So, so, so just came out on July 10th, 1998 in the U.S. It came out on June 4th uh, in the U.K. Had a budget of 40 million and it made 71.1 million. It was directed by Joe Dante, which I never realized until watching his input up um, during the opening credits, which is awesome. For those who don't know, he made Gremlins and The Burbs, which is another film that isn't all received, but has this following. Um, and the even bigger shock was the film was written by Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. Those two have written so many great films together. They wrote um, Aladdin, Shrek, Little Monsters. They wrote the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So they are, they have a pretty successful track record. So um, that is, that is, it's not, it's not surprising that the movie did well. Cause it's, I can see the target audience. I, I, I do see that. So that's how it did financially reviews wise. It's kind of, you know, not bad, not great. Uh, 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ebert gave it two and a half. So, you know what's crazy too? Empire Magazine gave a three three out of five too. Like, and I, Empire is like a really respectable outlet as well. So I always look, I, 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 was like, I was gonna say I always look up reviews from them typically too, just because like I used to spend like ten dollars on a magazine from Empire when they were I don't know sure if they're, if they're in publication still, but they're like a pretty trustworthy site typically. So it's kind of funny seeing you know ninety eight Empire giving this a you know not a negative score but positive. Kind of. I th- I thought they were a trustworthy uh, magazine too until you just said that, and now I oh. <laughs> now I I'll never buy another, and not that I ever did, but you, you, it's crazy too. Like on based off reviews, though, if this movie again, it was a successful semi in the box office. I think it did better marketing. <clears throat> I would have, I would assume it did better marketing with like the action figures and all that back then. But this was actually considered for a remake. Um, I heard that that got yeah. canceled during the. Um, when Disney acquired Fox, that was one of the canceled projects, which would have been kind of cool seeing a remake of that in, you know, 2020. I definitely, I definitely wouldn't have seen, oh, it was recently considered for a remake? No, it was, it was, it's been talked since 2014, but it was officially canceled in 2019. Oh God, so. thank God. They got my letters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it came out in July of 98. Some other things that were going on uh, in July of 98. I have a few more than, um, than last time because Last time when we did Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was like this guy got killed and this guy, it was all bad news. So uh, the one that was kind of a little sketchy that was going on at this time was all sorts of uh, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky issue testimonies going on. Uh, The NBA lockout started. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the book is published. Roger Clemens gets his 3000 strikeout. He was the 11th player in MLB history to do that. The movie that came out that month, Saving Private Ryan, came out in July of 98. And then as far as birthdays, I have a few um, famous kids that were born in 98, like children of very famous people. Uh, Malia Obama. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name. Is it Malia? Malia? Uh, Whatever. Uh, Barack's lovely daughter. Bindi Irwin. So the Crocodile Hunter's daughter. And Jaden Smith. Look at that. (laughs) Yep, but that's pretty much it as far as stuff going on in 98 other than this movie that I could find. And I was, what was I? I was 13 and I was like just about to start my, was I just about to start eighth grade? Yeah, I was just about to start eighth grade. So um, do you want to give the back of the DVD summary? Big action, big fun, big movie. Small Soldiers is one huge adventure. Meet the Commando Elite, toy action figures with an attitude. They've escaped from their boxes along with the Gorgonites, kind-hearted but unusual-looking creatures. Now teenager Alan gets enlisted to help the Gorgonites and rescue the girl of his dreams before the whole town is turned upside down. Small Soldiers is a spectacular adventure for the whole family. So I guess we can just what – what are your first memory of the movie? I hadn't seen the movie. This is my first time seeing the movie. Oh, okay, okay. So what that is – that might explain. Okay. That, might, that seems a lot. I, th- I think it might be hard, like almost like a goofy movie. It's hard going into this movie as a first time viewer, I feel like. No, no. That's not, <laughs> that's the, not the only issue. <laughs> so I remember, 
I remember the hype surrounding it. Looking at just seeing the poster, the cover off of the movie, it's always like embedded in the back of my in back of my my memory. Kind of like Space Jam, this movie was everywhere, like we just talked about. Uh, I remember once upon a time when my stomach accepted the fast food that would go to Burger King just to get the, yep. one of the toys from the film. Then uh, they had more advanced, they had a more advanced toy line where I pretty much bought, I think, most of the set growing up. So I had like the whole line of toys, um, and it's like just like I think the the hype surrounding it is what still makes me feel like a little nostalgic towards this movie. So my first memory of it is uh, I never saw the movie, but I can agree with you that I remember like the the happy meal stuff or the, whatever the Burger King equivalent of the happy meal. I remember all the toys and I, and I, it's weird. I don't know. I don't remember ever having any interest in it and I don't know why. Cause I was, I mean, maybe I guess I was 13 when this came out, but I, I think that's kind of like who it would be aimed at maybe a little old, but um, I never, never saw it and i couldn't even i i i knew that it was gi joe looking guys like fighting but i didn't remember anything else i didn't remember that kirsten dunce was in it i didn't know that tommy lee jones or dennis leary or any of those other people um had anything to do with it so i i went into this completely completely blind and actually before i watched it i was looking up some of the cast and the cast is people that are involved in it some way, whether it's just doing voiceover or whatever, you know, Kirsten Dunst, Phil, ha- uh, Phil Hartman, David Cross, Tommy Lee Jones, Christina Ricci, Dennis Leary, Jay Moore, um, Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, one lady that I, it was, it was funny. Cause I was like, who is that lady? And I, I know I've mentioned it. I think last episode that I, I recently watched clear and present danger, but his mom is uh, played by Ann Magnuson and she's in clear and present danger. So I was like, I think those are like the two, this, I don't know, she probably has quite a few great movies, but those are she, I, probably two of her bigger movies, and I just watched them within the past three weeks or something like that. But, you know what's funny, uh, too? Speaking of the parents, I watched this, because again, I haven't watched the movie forever, so I've seen Transformers recently, <laughs> and the father in this movie is a father uh, in Transformers, and they have like the same kind of role where he's taking the son, he's trying to, you know, the son's kind of trying to hide something from him, something larger than life. And the father in both movies is, you know, trying to get us on the right track at the same time. But at the end, he becomes like, you know, involved and finally seeing play the same character pretty much in two different films from years apart. Did you, did you do it better the second time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I, wish, I wish I knew his name, but yeah, he's, he's, like, uh, he's, I have his name somewhere here. Um, his name is Kevin Dunn. That's right. Okay, he's one of those characters, one of those actors who, whatever he's in, he doesn't have like large roles, but he's always fun in the roles that he has. Except for this one. Forty-five <laughs> minute fucking roast of small soldiers. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of actors and and what they were doing, we're not going to go. I I said it was a long list of people that are involved in this movie, so we're not going to go through every single one, but. So Gregory Smith, the kid that played the main character, I guess you'd say, I played Alan. He had Harriet the Spy in 96, this in 98, and The Patriot in 2000, which is, I was, the first like little bit of the movie, I was like, what do I know this kid from? And I know him, from, I remember him from The Patriots. Um, is he in anything recent, like TV shows or anything? I think he is, but I don't remember. I'll, I'll... Because it was weird. It's IMDb, like default profile picture, is like him as an adult. So I'm like, it's kind of yeah. for a second when I was looking at it. Yeah, he. The last thing he did was TV wise, he was in something called Designated Survivor in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Looks like he's a director now. He directs a lot of stuff. I, I think we'll see TV. But he. This goes to show you how much I, I can't stick up for this movie. He's a fine Canadian boy, and I still can't defend him. But um, other than that, so he's the, he's the main character. Kirsten Dunst. This is she was like everyone my age's crush in in middle school or high school. So she had Jumanji in '95, this in '98, Virgin Suicides in '99, Bring It On in 2000, Crazy Beautiful in 2001, up to Spider Man in 2002. So this is kind of right in the middle of her her you know 
career-wise, her prime. And did you know that I, was, I looked this up the other day? Did you know that she ended up, I don't know if they're married or engaged, her and um, the kid from Friday Night Lights, the TV show, who, who uh, Jesse Plemons. Do you remember he played? Um, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he plays, he's, he's in Breaking Bad. and first, uh, yeah. What, were they dating or married? I think they're married or oh, engaged. Wow. They're either married or engaged. I can't remember. I was looking at the, uh, either this morning or yesterday, but I was like, you know, good for you, Jesse. So yeah, she, she, this is the kind of the start of the break of Kirsten Dunst. And <clears throat> I was talking to Brie, talking to my wife about it and about how like she, her whole appeal is that she's like a very, she, I have to like say this, she's a very attractive girl, but she can pull off like the girl next door. Exactly. Look. Yeah. I was going to say the same exact thing. That's why, like, the girl next door setting in this movie is perfect for her character. Right, <laughs> I was right. about that. But if she was, but if you tried to make her, you know, like a, a girl that, like, I don't know, like a, cele- if you tried to make her play some celebrity or play some, like, actress or, or, or something, you'd be like, ah, I don't buy it. You know what I mean? But she, that's, she does this role or this type of role very well. So she's in the middle of her prime. Um, before I get on to the one person that I had the biggest problem with, I do want to say for guys like David Cross, Dennis Leary, Jay Moore, I a hundred percent get what? Here we go. Is this, okay, I I was getting ready for you just like, no, no, no. I'm saying I understand why they did this movie, why they would be interested in doing this movie because they're not, they're not Hollywood actors. That's not their main thing. And, you know, they do little roles like this and whatever. So I get it. I thought Dennis Leary was horrible in this. Uh, the, but... the whole, all three of those characters are my least favorite in the movie. The three toy right. makers. But, okay, so all that said, Tommy Lee Jones, what the fuck were you thinking, Thomas? So JFK in 91, Fugitive in 93, one of my favorite movies of all time, Blown Away, another, you know, underrated Boston movie, kind of, sort of. Uh, and Natural Born Killers in 94, Batman Forever in 95, Men in Black in 97, U.S. Marshals in 98, and then this? Like, what are you doing, Thomas? I mean, to be fair, you look at the talent. I like this movie, so like, I'm, not, I'm more defending your... You look at the talent behind this movie, and that probably would be a sell to anyone, you know, signing on a new project with Joe Dante, the two writers, and uh, Jerry Goldsmith doing the soundtrack. Like, it is, it is a good team of people behind the butt. Like, what? What was that movie he made that Tommy Lee Jones made where it's like he has to watch over a group of cheerleaders? <laughs> oh my God. I think house, Anna, house uh, something house. Yeah, oh, Man of the House. Man of the House might be it, yes. That movie makes more sense than this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the, I don't know, the whole, and he does have a great voice. He, he could do, he is a great, um, and we talked about it in Goofy Movie. My knock on the Goofy Movie was that I wish that there was more recognizable voices in it because that way adults can watch it and go, oh, that's Tommy Lee Jones' voice. So I get why they would want Tommy Lee Jones to do it. I just don't get how his agent passed that to him and were like, this is going to be a good one. But So I think, again, you're understanding. It's pretty clear how I feel about this movie. But some, uh, some the more you know random facts, I know Joe might have one or two. I didn't, we're, we did, the last one we did was Raiders of the Lost Ark where I had to, trim it down from like 500 awesome fun random facts um the first one's sad uh the murder of phil hartman before the premiere caused some minor changes uh before the release phil hartman who i loved on snl but i kind of missed we kind of missed his you know his his genius because he was taken too early and he had just started if you if you kind of look at the movies he was getting involved in and kind of getting off of SNL and doing that path. He never really got a, a, a full chance before he was taken. And the thing about him too is I've heard so many people talk about Phil Hartman from complete opposite ends of the spectrum. People that worked with him on news radio, people that were work with him on SNL, people that came up in comedy groups with him. And everyone says he was like the nicest guy ever. So he was, he was obviously murdered and yeah. that's a bummer that, that did you, did you see the uh, end of this movie? Uh, probably not. The, uh, the post-credit sequence? No. It's a blooper with him, and it ends with for Phil. 
Oh, see, now that that's the one good thing. I wish I watched that. It's actually really nice. Like <laughs> that this. might be my favorite scene. <laughs> um, but no, but seriously, I, I, like I always think of um, just obviously I watch a lot of interviews or I listen to like Conan O'Brien's podcast and he said really nice things about Phil Hartman. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, I listen, I'll listen to Joe Rogan sometimes and he always, whenever Phil Hartman comes up because they work together on news radio and he talks about how he's like, he was just like the most, he was such a sweetheart and so sad. So move on from that. But that was kind of a downer. That this is the last major. He has one more credit role after this, but this is kind of his last. His and th- last big thing. Thankfully he was great in this movie though. Whoever hate he's he was really fun in this movie. His like his character yeah. was pretty good. He probably was a bit, and I'm not just saying that because I, I, I really like him, and I don't like a lot of the movie. He probably was the most constantly, yeah. consistently funny or entertaining character. Yeah, I wish it was more of him for sure. Yeah. So, uh, uh, moving on from that, the movie featured music by Led Zeppelin, a band notoriously strict about how their music is used in film, games, and other media. So that was a nice, nice little add-on. Um, yeah, what movie was it? Is it Almost Famous? That's it's Almost Famous I'm thinking of, right? When yeah. they, the, the news report, they wouldn't let him, they, they wouldn't let that film, a Crow film, if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly, they wouldn't let that film have a Zeppelin song, which is why they they kind of like fake listen to it pretty much. Yeah. But they have this movie. Maybe it's just like the, the song they chose, but it was interesting to see that song play, whereas they've been so strict with more successful films in the past. Yeah, I never understand how that stuff works. Like, and I'm not even knocking this movie. How did you decide that this is the movie that you're going to let you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know who knows how that stuff works. So, but you were talking about Joe Dante uh, a lot. So a couple things related to, to him. The skull on Alan's desk is a gremlin skull. So gremlins in 84 and uh, gremlins two in 1990 were also directed by Joe Dante. The piranha next to Alan's computer is a reference to piranha, which is directed by Joe Dante in 78. That's I, that's awesome. So that makes me dislike Joe Dante because how full of yourself do you have to be <laughs> to be like? I'm gonna try to keep this. All right. <laughs> the guy. Like, well, the people need to know that I'm. Shut up, Joe. The guy made some classics. I if I make gremlins, I would have a goddamn gremlin walking around the screen at one point. If I if I was Joe Dante, this. <laughs> I think I think stuff like that paying homage to another film is is really nice when it's someone else's movie. Like if you're influenced by if you were influenced by Piranha and you wanted to give it a shout out, I think that's very nice. But I think to just like smell your own farts and put all these like Well, let me tell you let me tell you my little Easter egg then. So the music being played during the scene where they turn the uh, like the Barbie doll figures or the yeah. whatever the soldiers is a thing from Brother Frankenstein. So. I I saw something about that. Yeah, I didn't. I yeah, I didn't take that down. But okay, so that's fine. That's fair. <laughs> when Chip, when see this is this is uh, when Chip Hazard addresses his troops and and appears in front of the large American flag, it's a nod to the opening of Patton. The music in the scene was written by Jerry Goldsmith, who also scored this film. So now that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's a nice thing to do. After Nick Nitro shuts down, Chip Hazard says his battery has run out, but his memory will keep going and going and going. It's a reference to Energize's marketing slogan. It keeps going and going and going. And then um, the last one I have is uh, the head of Globotech is, is named Gil Mars. Mars was the Roman god of war, which, okay. I mean, that's deep, man. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> this movie. Yeah, so, so deep. Um, but yes, Dennis Leary, so deep. Um, the, we can't. I was like, the Guardians were also, which kind of makes sense as like they're pushing to like get the toy line out there. But it was influenced. I'm sure you saw this as well by He Man, uh, by yes. Mattel. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. you can tell, like they were in the, the back of the mind. They were trying to push figures out before the movie came out. At this point, I feel like, which makes um, sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit <clears throat> before we started recording. But what do you have down for? anything that wouldn't fly in this millennium like yeah like you said you kind of already talked about this in the beginning here but uh before we start recording but the movie while dark towards the end i put it was focused on kids primarily so i think they played it safe throughout and watching it now it still could come out without you know having anything removed in my opinion i yeah i read some reviews of the movie before i watched it and i saw the stuff about how parents thought it was 
even though it was toys, it was too violent for for kids and whatever. And then the fact that it was a PG-13 movie, the whole movie, I'm like, how is this movie a PG-13 movie? Like that's, I, I didn't get it. I mean, I, I know that there are some rules, but PG-13 seems like such a wide, especially in 98, I would have thought that this would have been a PG movie 100% because PG-13 movies to me, like, I know it was a long time ago, but Jaws was PG-13. I think Jaws is actually PG. Okay, so Austin Which Powers is, is PG-13. Yeah. Austin yeah. Powers is a whole movie of sexual innuendos. And, you yeah, know. like you were saying, like, usually, you know, PG-13 films can get away with dropping one F-bomb or, you know, some swears spread out here and there. They didn't really take advantage of any of that in this movie. <laughs> right. And it was like, the brain came, I think, as like, a precaution so parents want to bring their kids and see you know some flamethrowers in the end but even that it's just like if it came out today it probably would be pg yeah i don't i i, I don't know i like I, I was waiting i kept waiting i was like for something to happen where i would be like oh, okay i get it and i didn't i couldn't find anything what was your favorite scene it's kind of like a again it's I don't want to say a cop-out, but the whole last sequence is awesome i thought and like i actually do remember the whole um a song war don't yeah you know <laughs> erica's giving me a finger as we speak you know, so. okay no so i actually the whole end sequence is awesome i think i love how the worst characters in my opinion um jay moore and david cross i think they're the most boring characters in the film i love how they come and it kind of redeems them and i love how they get all the characters together um so it's not like not like they're hiding it from only the kids can see it. I like how they bring the adults and they get the adults involved, and it becomes a little war in the front in the front lawn. It's it's a fun it's a fun sequence, and it is definitely where the PG thirteen rating came from because of the flamethrowers and the nail guns getting you know shot with nails and it gets a little it's a little intense there. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny and be and be contrarian. That was the stupidest. That whole thing was so stupid. It was the because the thing is you need to have that stuff is believable to little kids oh god I, no 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 when i and when i say little kids i mean like 6 year olds any a 13 year old would be watching this movie and he'd be like i would just punt that like action figure across the yeah, I, I think that's why they had to show like uh the kid getting like uh punctured with like those corn the cob things remember like so like stuff like that like they had to put that stuff in there to care to that audience for sure because oh and then how about joe bianco nominee for father of the year <laughs> father of the year uh alan's dad he's pretty much like all right son good luck and they do like a fist bump and then he's like go climb up that 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 telephone pole or the power lines and start messing around i'm like I mean, what kind of father have you seen that guy he doesn't look like he's in much shape he probably wouldn't make it very far up there eric they, they well, need, it was a water done deal they didn't just save the neighborhood and that kid was the one he was the chosen one so i'll, I'll let that was your favorite <laughs> scene so I'll, I'll let you go my favorite scene you said yours is a cop-out mine's even more of a cop-out i can't think of a specific scene that i really enjoyed honestly but this might be a cop out, but I got some joy. The only joy I got from this film really was um, the scenes that were set in like the small town toy store um, and the scenes that were filmed there. Just, just that like little piece of kind of Americana and, and whatever. And it reminded me of, um, there's actually a toy store similar to that in Amesbury. And uh, it, you'd actually love it, Joe. I, I can't think of the name of it right now, but you can go in, they have all these like, old fashioned toys and then they also have a um, like a frap bar. Like what? What are those things called from back in the day? Oh, uh, the, like the milkshake bars, almost like a little. Yeah, but there's a name for it. But there's a name for it. But yeah, exactly. So you can go oh, in and be cool. like, oh, I want like a, you know, it's really good. So I, that, I, I also want to add to. I do. It's not my favorite scene, but I was like, I actually enjoyed this little detail about it. I love how I liked the idea behind the film where the toys are created to take the roles of the bad guys, where like you know the Gorgonites because they're monsters. And the good guys are going to be the soldiers. I love how they kind of flipped that, where the Gorgonites, the monsters, were actually the good guys and the humans were bad. It was a kind of cool, like, little approach on, you know, avoiding the typical whatever back then. And I like how the, the fact that the monsters accept their fate early on because the fact that they're programmed to lose. Yeah. So I thought that was a really cool idea that obviously could have been better 
you know, if they kind of elaborated that a little more, I feel like. But the fact yeah. that, they're, that they accept the fate because they're programmed to lose, I thought was so awesome. That could have been a really cool underdog story where they took the helm instead of Alan in the war. Yeah. But things that would have changed here and there, which I'll, I'll get into in a second. But I do like the idea of those little details where the roles are flipped. What do you think about the soundtrack? I don't have I don't have much on the soundtrack. I mean, uh, I have. It was composed by the great Jerry Goldsmith, which he's worked with Joe Dante on a bunch of his films. It's not the most recognizable score, or his most recognizable score, but it elevated the action when it played briefly. Obviously, this this actual licensed soundtrack is where the movie is like kind of remembered for. Like I remember. Is it really? I'm not even being. I'm not even finding. Oh yeah. Uh, War, I think it was campaign with War as a couple of the trailer songs, and um, they had um, another one, Bites of Dust, which was also kind of marketed when it was being, you know, when it was coming out. So the soundtrack is more recognizable than the actual score. The only thing I wrote down for the soundtrack was obviously the Led Zeppelin thing, but then what kid is a Led Zeppelin slash power man 5000 fan they get a power man 5000 poster in his room and i was like i instantly hate this kid you but- know what's you know what's crazy too i completely forgot power man 5000 was had that big song in the matrix and that came out around the same time as this so that that, that, what song of theirs is in the matrix is it when worlds collide yeah i think that might that might be yeah. it and like they only I, had like three saw two or three songs yeah like that was that was one of them but i wonder if that was just kind of like you know since they were kind of big around that time, if this was kind of like a plug to like, you know. I think that Power Man 5000 is from around here, around Massachusetts. I, I'm ashamed to say that it's not our, not our best export, but I I think they're, (laughs) I think they're local to us. I don't know how local, but I think they're at least in the Northeast, but um, all right. So if you could change one thing about this movie, what would you change? All right. So I think the adults were casted perfectly. And uh, I think, like we talked about, Phil Harmon, I wish, got a little more um, screen time. Uh, I think any popular kid in the 90s could have played Alan. Alan did nothing special, but he did fine. The scenes I would change, I thought all the scenes with the toy makers were boring. It dragged, especially when they actually go to the microchip manufacturer and they talk. Uh, yeah. I thought that was the worst part of the entire film. All their role, all their uh, scenes, uh, with the exception of the final war sequence, and I also, like I just talked about, the whole theme was that these were kind of like, these the uh, Gorgonites weren't meant to win this battle. And I don't like how Alan led that charge to kind of stop them with the other humans. I wish that um, Archer and his team <clears throat> took the lead earlier and didn't wait until Alan and they were going to like, you know, close to dying. I wish they kind of jumped in earlier on, you know, try and change their fate on their own. So I agree with what you said that I wish there was more Phil Hartman. Um, the thing that I wrote down that I would change is I would change the whole character of Alan. I thought the whole character of Alan was just trash. It was the least believable character I could think of that that kid was supposed to be like this bad boy who had come from another school and like either all these rumors around him that's not believable. Him having any chance with Kirsten Dunst is not believable. Um, it's not even Gregory Smith's performance that was the problem, although I don't think he was great. Um, the whole, the, just the way the character was written, he was set up to fail. And like you, and like you said, you you tell me you get you can get Tommy Lee Jones, Kirsten Dunst, all these big name actors, and you can't get some kid who who is like more well-known and whatever. But then to be fair, again, you could have gotten Leonardo DiCaprio. The character was trash. Like the, the whole, oh, yeah. the way it was written. I, I don't even understand the whole thing about him. What, what was the whole thing about him doing stuff that it's having with his mixed history? His yeah, past. no, no, I, I agree with the, <clears throat> he was way too innocent to be this bad boy. Like he, he's like the, the rumors are like, you know, he got kicked out. He's moving all around because he <clears throat> burnt down schools. I forgot which, I forgot which were true and which were false, but yeah, he caused a bunch of trouble supposedly. And he ended up moving around because of that. And it didn't serve any point in the plot either. Right. But it wasn't, it didn't help. I just totally didn't get that at all. Right. It was the only device because the father wouldn't believe him. That was the only reason it was used, but even that, that was way too much. That was way too extreme of a reason to move around. The one thing I did like was that 
the guy that um, Kirsten Dunst, the older guy that Kirsten Dunst is into, that his name was Brad. That was like in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, in the nineties, that was like the name of every like that guy. Like, I, like oh, I really like. I really like Jen, but she'll never date me. She's with Brad. That was like the name in the '90s. So, actually, while you're on that, I actually took this like little detail down. I don't know where I was gonna plug it in, so I was just gonna let it go. But since you just brought up the boyfriend, I really like the little detail when you know when he's at the towards the end, when he's at the house trying to rescue her or attempts to rescue her, really, really loosely to attempts to rescue her. He runs out and just leaves. Later on, you see his bike still in the driveway, which I like. Like usually, like you see, you see the bike gone, or whatever. That yep. bike was still there, which I yep. really enjoyed. Um, good. But <laughs> I will say too, things. Something else I didn't like about this was spent way too long introducing the characters. So we're like half through the film, and we're still being introduced to some of the Gorgonite characters that are going to be a, have a bigger role in the end. Yeah. I feel like they took way too long to get those characters <clears throat> out there. This could have been an hour and a half movie. It really, it, there's 20 minutes of an hour. It, it's only an hour and 50 minutes, but this could you could have cut out, like you said, the pretty much the entire plot of the toy manufacturing. You could have cut that down to like the one scene at the beginning, and you wouldn't have lost much. So, um, you you could do, do ratings. You have anything else? I want before you do the rating. Talk about the beer one time. It's gonna be a one positive thing. So let's talk yes. about the beer <laughs> before so, hurt. This beer, Castle Island's uh, white ale, brewed with Valencia orange and coriander. It would I would highly recommend it. It's the perfect like summer beer. Like you go into a cookout and you just need like a nice, refreshing, relaxing beer. It has a cannon on it that provided more military entertainment than this entire film. Real, so, yep. <laughs> real quick. Do you remember the sequence? I don't know, this is just like a little note I have, but I thought it was pretty funny. When they're unlocking to let the uh, Dawson arches going through the chimney, and he unlocks yep. the very bottom, the bottom, the uh, lock in the bottom of the door. How inconvenient would that be for any adult to unlock? Yeah, that would. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The door is locked on the ground level. It actually like go on the ground and unlock the door instead of like you know making it an eye length, or whatever. It's yeah, eye level. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think of other little. I thought it was there, were, there are other little scenes that like just drove me crazy, but that I don't know. Like the the like when so he was trying to do the right thing, but like when his dad was going to travel and he forgot his tickets, and well, this is actually this is actually funny for two reasons. One, because it was kind of like oh, remember before cell phones. So his he leaves the shop, he closes the shop and runs home to give his dad tickets that his dad was going to forget. And they, but if I were the dad, I would have been like, Hey, I really appreciate that. But you couldn't have like called me. I could have, the store's closed now. We're losing, we're not making money. You could have just called the house and I would have dropped by on the way to the airport or wherever and picked up the tickets. But yeah, I don't know. We didn't, we never, uh, speaking of all that, we never talked about uh, Joe, the truck driver who got the kid oh. to begin with. <laughs> the guy Joe. I hated that. <laughs> the whole that whole that started the that was the when that scene happened i was like that's that started me being like all right this movie's ridiculous like the fact that the, the kids the kid looks at like a box that says like in on a cardboard box there's no branding or anything it just says like uh the name of the toys is like what's that can i have one like first of all how would you if you were a kid why would you want to take a toy based on just the description and then the guy just gives it to him right to be fair he was trying to make money for his father's shop because his father's shop was against the whole no war thing is it, it made no money which actually i like that's in the beginning how the kids walking by and they're like this place has no good toys they suck right but no yeah joe is a joe is a, a hilarious character and then like he's he's happy at the end when uh he gets his check signed off oh there. that scene was horrible <laughs> that was like buy me uh, happiness yeah, they, well, they did it three times in a row. It was like, all right, I get the joke, like Dennis, and Dennis Leary, and I like Dennis Leary. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge Dennis Leary fan, but I usually like Dennis Leary, and his character in this was just like, ugh, it was just gross. He's like and the he president. Can't, yeah, yeah, but he can't even pull that off. Like, if they use a different actor for that, it would have been believable. But it, it goes to show you that even those 
the, some of the best actors are the ones that you watch the movie and you and you hate them because you're like that guy made me hate him. I didn't hate Dennis Leary watching this. I just thought it was a stupid character. But so rating. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you know the system. We rate movies on a scale of one to five. If you rented this movie, how would you handle it? Would you rent it, watch five minutes of it, return it that night, not pay a late fee on it? If so, that would be a one. Or, you know, you, you love the movie so much, you're going to keep it a few extra days, pay as many late fees as you have to, even maybe buy it from the, the store to, to watch as many times as possible. So scale of one to five, it's Joe's movie, so I believe I'm going first, correct? That's correct. Right. Everyone brace yourself. Brace yourself, everyone heard it. <laughs> so the first half of this movie was mediocre or a little bit below that. I was think I was thinking that I was going to go back and see what I gave Goofy Movie because I'll score it just a tad above that. The this second half. Okay, this is before. Okay, okay. Right. The second half was so, so bad. <laughs> and the movie is, it's like too edgy to be a kid's movie, not edgy enough to entertain adults. It's like when people go to a burger restaurant and they ask to have the burger between two pieces of lettuce. It's like, what are you doing? It's just half a fucking cheeseburger. It's, like Toy Story is a great movie. Team America is a funny movie, a very good movie. This is just, it's like in between. And Bree can vouch for this the next time Bree's on the podcast. Before I went to watch this yesterday, uh, I Bree had made coffee in the morning and it, the pot was still out. And I went, I just poured a cup of coffee and I was, and I went to have it. And it was like that in between where it was like not hot coffee, but which I like and not iced coffee, which I like. It was just like, 49 degree coffee and that was the best way i can explain this movie so maybe i would have enjoyed it more when i was 13 but i I, i'm not and i didn't i don't i don't know what i can't remember what scores i've given other movies honestly but for me this is a 1.5 damn (laughs) yeah it was bad oh wow i think that is you weren't ready. What would what, you give uh, uh, Rookie of the Year? Was that, was that a 1.5 as well or was that a 2? I can't remember now. I think that was like a 2 or, or a 2.5 or something. I gave. I know I gave Goofy Movie 2.5. And, a half, and right, honestly, I, I should have – when I, when I realized that, I, I have to start – I have to start scoring movies for what they what I think they are and not worrying about. But the thing about Goofy Movie is I can see how if you were a kid – it's I can overlook certain things because I'm like I'm 35 I'm you know but anyway go ahead your turn all right I like this movie a lot more than Eric does for sure I you can Joe Dante was kind of like one of those he made he tried he made a lot of movies that were catered to kids but also like a lot of adult references and themes to them look at as like you know his past like you know Shrek has a lot of jokes that are kind of aimed towards adults but it's a kids film same thing with like uh, Gremlins I think, you know, some things were the talent, like I said, the, the screenwriters were, they have, they're incredibly talented, the whole team, but I wish some, some things were done differently, like Archer's portrayal. I wish his moves were differently. I wish he kind of became like, almost like the hero's, the hero's journey, which is like a, uh, a traditional screenwriting tactic. I kind of wish they carried that over with Archer's character. He kind of overcomes these challenges and, you know, is the hero, but I, I, it's enjoyable. I think it might be more of nostalgia playing on my end. I liked the build-up to the whole final sequence, which is a giant war on the front lawn. As ridiculous as it is, I loved, like, you know, the send-off the characters. That is what it is, I think. It's just dumb fun. As reviewing it, because I couldn't decide on a 3.5 or a 3, so it would be a 3.25. Wow, that's very generous. Did, did um, what's his name, Dante, send you a check or something? It's like I hate those point two five scores, but man, like no. it's not it's not three point five. Like this is like the perfect example of a film where I don't want to give it a three point five, but I don't want to give it a three either. I when I when I was when I said when I watched the first half and I saw that I watched I gave Goofy Movie a two point five, I was well before I remember when I gave Goofy Movie, I was like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna give it point two five above Goofy Movie. But then it started getting bad when I was watching the second half. And I was like, no, I'm giving it a, I'm giving it just 2.5. And I'm just going to say on the podcast, the lesson learned here is you can't be afraid to trash a movie. And I should have given Goofy Movie like a two 
or 2.25 but so for this movie i was like and then but then thankfully it got so bad that it made my mind up for me <laughs> <laughs> and i was like this movie is goofy movies you know casablanca compared to <laughs> compared to this so um in closing uh follow us on instagram we're at the lead fee um suggestions always welcome my my next week's my pick to pick and i'll uh, i'll be giving that pick in a second but if you have a suggestion you send us that suggestion on on instagram or, or we're also on untapped just to follow the beers that we're drinking i don't know if you want to do that um but if you get in contact with us in any way and send us a suggestion uh you'll jump to the front of the line and ahead of this time would be ahead of me uh if, or if it was joe it'd be ahead of him so my next pick one of my favorites that I haven't watched in a long time, way too long. You're so money and you don't even know it. Swingers with Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. Okay, I've watched this movie once. So yes, I am beyond excited. I haven't talked to her about it yet. We might be able to get Brienne on this. She she likes this movie a lot. But one of my favorite movies. Uh, maybe that might be a little bit strong, but I, I really, really, I really, really like this movie, and I and I love the point. Um, it's a cool like point of their life mo- film for Favreau and Vince Vaughn, and very relatable. So I'm I, excited. I remember. I don't think I remember that film is the dialogue being really good. I remember the dialogue was kind of fast paced the entire way. Like that's what I'm hoping is still in my. Yeah, it is. And, and Vince Vaughn's, it's Vince Vaughn is like, it's the blueprint for his like smooth talking salesman y but like over the top sticky sweet character that he played in, in a lot of other like but fake fake sweet Eddie Haskell type character. But yeah, no, I'm excited. I I I had another movie that I was thinking of and I was I was I would have been very happy about that, the other movie, but then something made me think about this today and I was like, oh, I haven't seen that movie in forever. So yeah. Next episode will be swingers unless someone jumps to the front of the line. Um, but I'm excited. Awesome. Well, I think that was a, uh, that's a wrap on small soldiers. Thank I'm God. Glad, I'm glad you liked it as much as I did. Hey, real uh, quick. What was the other movie? Wasn't there another movie that came out around this time that was like, had a similar name and it was like also about, am I making that up in my head? Well, I know ants and a bugs have come out around the same time. Oh, maybe that was, that's, maybe I'm mixing those up. And that was the kind of a uh, controversial thing. Yeah. No, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, no, I'm just happy to have this in the rearview mirror. <laughs> so on to swingers. swingers. Vegas, baby, Vegas. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. All right, guys. Thank you. We'll talk to you, I don't know, in a few days. And there'll probably be a, 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 like a ton of episodes coming out pretty quick because once we get everything, everything resolved, we'll be good.